back in the 90s when Nintendo was first creating video games with the NES, um, they ran into a problem. Um, the problem wasn't that their products weren't great. Everyone loved Mario. Everyone loved the NES. The problem was it seemed more and more often people were creating counterfeits, counterfeits of controllers, counterfeits of games, counterfeits of consoles. And so they had this issue where people were buying Nintendo systems that weren't actually Nintendo systems and they weren't actually the, the, the correct thing that people were looking for. And so Nintendo had this problem of counterfeits and they needed to figure out what the heck they were going to do to solve it. And so they invented this thing. And if you've ever seen a Nintendo console or a Nintendo game, you will maybe recognize this. It's, it's a little symbol that is the Nintendo seal of approval. Now, what this seal meant to buyers is that this is actually a Nintendo product. If it has the seal on it, it means that Nintendo has looked at it, they've approved it, and this is theirs. And this has been something that they've kept ever since, um, maybe just for tradition, or maybe because they're worried about counterfeits. But it, it, but it helps the consumer know that the thing that they're buying is actually authentically Nintendo. And there's nothing that product can do to change whether it's Nintendo, and there's nothing that the products that aren't Nintendo can change to become Nintendo. And so as we conclude our Creed series today, um, we're looking at something really similar. Uh, we're looking at the Holy Spirit and the church and how the Holy Spirit is actually like the Nintendo seal of approval, where the Holy Spirit is the thing that we as Christians and followers of Jesus have that seals us, that shows that we are authentic, that shows that we are uh, forever gods, that there's nothing we can do and nothing that, 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 that we could do to either change it or, or to receive it, that we are sealed by God, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so for those of you who don't know, the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity of God, uh, there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're all different, but they're all one God. Uh, it, it's confusing uh, because it's, it's so much beyond what, what we can imagine as humans in our dimension. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible uh, describes as the advocate or the helper or the counselor. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is the part of God that actually lives and dwells inside of us. And so here's what the Apostles' Creed says about the Holy Spirit in the church. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And so what the Apostles' Creed wants us to understand today is that the Holy Spirit is the power and seal of the church. And so the Holy Spirit is actually the power of the church, that we without the Holy Spirit would have no power in the world as the church. He is the one who gives us life, who gives us gifts, who gives us uh, spiritual fruit, and who helps us actually be able to carry out the mission that God has called us to do as his church. In fact, this might surprise you. Jesus said um, while he was on earth that it was actually better that he leave and the Holy Spirit come into the church. And this might blow our minds, but here's what Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John in chapter 16. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is better that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so Jesus says it's actually better that, there's not, that he's not physically here on earth, that he go back, uh, back to, to heaven, uh, sit at the throne uh, beside God the Father, and send the Holy Spirit to come and help us, to come and help his church. 
And we might hear this and think, there's no way that this is better. I would rather have a physical Jesus here that I could ask questions and hang out with than, than the Holy Spirit. And, and to that, I would say you're missing what Jesus is, is, is saying, and you're missing what the Holy Spirit actually does. Because the Holy Spirit actually comes, and, and he lives inside of us. And the thing is that now, instead of just having one person who's, who's a super Christian, one, one Jesus, we have millions of people all over the world who have God living inside of them, who have the power of God in them, who have the power of God guiding them. And see, along with this, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Now, you might not know this, or you might have kind of heard about this and understand, but a spiritual gift is actually a gift that you receive from God when you become a Christian. It is something that is unique to Christians that only we have. And so when you become a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus and you follow him, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you and he gives you one of these gifts. And there's all kinds of different gifts, whether it is speaking in tongues, which is other languages, whether it is healing, whether it is the gift of prayer, whether it is the gift of mercy, whether it, whether it is the gift of miracles, whether it is the gift of faith, whether it, whether it is the gift of teaching, whether it's the gift of shepherding or, or administration, there's all kinds of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit loves to give us. And the thing is that when he gives us these gifts, we as the church can come together and be like Jesus to the rest of the world. In fact, these gifts are all different because God's goal is that we as Christians would have to work together to advance his kingdom. That we would need people with the gift of tongues. That we would need people with the gift of faith. That we would need uh, teachers. We would need shepherds. And we would all have to work together to, to advance God's kingdom in the world, to be his people, and to do the thing that he's called us to do. And so for me in my life, all these different gifts have been huge. Um, my dad and my youth pastor had the gift of shepherding, and they really helped come alongside me and shepherd me into, into what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And then a guy named Cody uh, was one of my mentors at Briarcrest, and he has the gift of teaching, and he taught me so much about God and who he was, and really um, made me dive deeper into my understanding of who God is in the Bible. Or then there's people like my mom who have the gift of prayer and, and they spend hours in prayer and it seems easy for them. And my mom helped me by praying for me all the time as a kid in ways that I didn't even know, sitting there praying for me and, and her spiritual gift actually assisted me even though she didn't like verbally speak to me about what she was praying about. And then there's Emily who has the gift of, of words of wisdom and spiritual discernment and she can help me figure out whether where I'm going or what I'm doing is actually what God has called me to do and we can work together in that way. And see, this is what the church is supposed to look like, to have all these different people who have been given different gifts by God working together to not only better each other, but to also advance God's kingdom in the world, to go and do his mission. That instead of having one Jesus who's here with all the gifts, we now have millions of little Jesuses, little, little Christians who are going around being like Jesus to, to one another and to the world and showing them what it's like to follow God. And see, we all have these gifts. And for some of us, we don't know what they are yet. We're like, I'm not sure what my gift is. And for some of us, we're like, oh yeah, I for sure know what my gifting is. It's this. And for some of us, some people in our small group know what our giftings are. Maybe we're like, I don't know what my gifting is. And they're like, dude, are you serious? You have the gift of faith. Like you always are trusting God. Or you have the gift of prayer. You're praying all the time. Or you have the gift of teaching. You're always, everything you say, it's just like impacting my life and speaking to me. Or you have the gift of shepherding. You always come alongside me and are there for me when I, when I need it. We all have a gift if we believe in Jesus, and, 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 and we're called to use them to find out what they are and, and to serve God and serve others with them. So senior high, I want to ask you this. Do you find it hard to believe that it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus physically here on earth? Why or why not?
Have you heard of spiritual gifts before? How have you seen people in the church use their gifts to serve God and others? But here's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is he's not just the one who comes and lives in us and gives us the power to follow God and gives us spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit, that he's actually the seal that shows that we're saved. Paul, one of the early followers of Jesus, um, says this in his second letter to the church in Corinth. Now it is God who strengthens us together with you in Christ and who has anointed us. He has also put his seal on us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a down payment. See, just like how if you are buying a house or buying a new car um, and, and you're taking out a loan, you have to like put a down payment, meaning you have to take some money um, that, that you have and like put it in and, and purchase it so that, so that the dealer or the person who owns the house knows, okay, you're serious, you're going to pay for this house. And God says that the Holy Spirit is that, that when Jesus died and rose again and offered us eternal life, forgiveness of sins, freedom from sin, and, and resurrection life in Christ to be his kingdom people, that the down payment to prove that he had the authority to pay for that and, 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 and to use us was the Holy Spirit. And so every follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit living inside them. And it shows that, that like the Nintendo seal of approval, that they are sealed by God, that they are saved. And there's nothing they can do to change it. And there's nothing they can do to earn it, that it just is what it is. The Holy Spirit is the proof that when Jesus comes back, they will be saved. And I think this is really exciting until you realize that there are a lot of Christians that you don't like or don't agree with or maybe don't get along with that are sealed, <laughs> that are saved. And in fact, there are Christians who look at you and feel like, I don't really know if I like that this person is sealed and saved. But here is the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit and that being the seal, is that we ourselves know that we are a mess, that we sin constantly, that we do things we shouldn't, that we say things we shouldn't, that we have opinions that years later we think we're completely wrong, and it doesn't change the seal that we've been given. And in the same way, we have brothers and sisters in Christ who we disagree with, who we think are wrong about politics, who we think have bad theology, who we think are just jerks of people, who are also sealed with the same spirit. And the thing is that we need to recognize that God has had patience with us and continues to, where he doesn't give up on us just because we're frustrating and doing the wrong thing, that he still has his seal on us and wants to use us and, and have us mature in him. And in the same way, those followers of Jesus that maybe we don't get along with, that we don't like, or who, who we see as dangerous, still have this seal. And God is doing the same thing that he's doing in us. He's working on them, pushing them closer to who he created them to be. And so this seal of the Holy Spirit should be encouraging that, that there's nothing you can do to change the salvation that Jesus has given you, that it's paid for and he's proven it's paid for. And then it also should challenge you to love your brothers and sisters in Jesus, to love the church, to love those who are a part of this community because they too are sealed. And whether you like it or not, just like how there are family members who you don't really love or get along with, but, but come Christmas time, you're like, okay, I'm going to love them. And maybe I won't bring up all the different political issues because I just want to have a good Christmas, but there's nothing that they can do to actually change whether they're your family. Whether you agree with them or not, or get along with them or not, they are still family. And in the same way, we as a church family have people that we maybe disagree with, don't get along with, <laughs> don't always feel like loving. But it doesn't change that we both have the same seal, that we're both brothers and sisters in Jesus, and we're both called to work together. So Senior High, I want to ask you this. 
Do you find it hard to believe that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit for salvation? Why or why not? Why do you think that it's important that we love Christians we disagree with or maybe even don't like? How do we love our fellow Christians while also addressing behaviors that may not be in line with who Jesus has called us to be? The Holy Spirit is the power and seal of the church. So again, the Holy Spirit is the person who actually gives us as the church power to go and do God's mission, to go and love others and to love God. That it would be impossible for us to actually accomplish this without the Holy Spirit. And he's done that by giving us spiritual gifts, and he's done that by, by producing spiritual fruit in us. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is also the seal for the church, that he is the one who, who dwells in us and shows us that, that God loves us, cares for us, died for us, and, and, and is planning to redeem us and restore us back to how he created us to be, because the Holy Spirit is the power and seal of the church. So why don't you guys spend some time praying in your small groups? Um, maybe for some of you, you're like, I have no idea what my spiritual gifts are. Uh, why don't you spend some time praying with your small group, asking that God would reveal it to you and make it clear. And then also spend some time praying for those Christians that maybe we don't get along with or don't agree with. Um, do something that's actually difficult and ask God to bless them and, and bless their lives. And then also um, pray that if there is things that you think are seriously wrong with some of the ways you're seeing the church live, um, that God would convict us and have us address those issues. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>